Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose and this is the Psycho Spiritual Podcast. Yay! And today we are continuing gorgeous conversations with the lovely Nick Wilson, who is a Marion Method mentor as well as an aware parenting instructor. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. And today we're talking all about how to access self-compassion. So this episode really follows on from last week's, which was all about getting rid of the well, understanding emotional sticks and going through the process so we can get rid of them. And this week is all about really replacing that harsh inner dialogue, the emotional sticks from the disconnected domination culture, the self-judgment and the guilt and the shame with deeply loving and compassionate in a dialogue. So we're going to be talking today about really tangibly how you can actually do that. <laughs> and I was going to start with a, a really quick story, which, which you reminded me of, Nick, before we started recording, which was, it was in the 90s, actually, it was in the 90s. And I was doing all kinds of, I was into what was called the new age at the time. And then I was training as a psychotherapist, and I was constantly reading books, all kinds of new age books. And it seems like most of them were had something in there that would say just all you need to do is just love yourself just love yourself (laughs) just love yourself and I was reading all these books about just love yourself and it had absolutely no effect at all on my inner dialogue I was always saying but how do I actually do that what do I tangibly and practically do so in developing the in loving presence work and in loving presence process I really wanted to have a tangible way to actually do that so that's what we're going to be talking about Mm, I love that. I love that story. And I remember thinking the same. I've so many self-development courses, so many self-development books and all just just have to be kind to yourself and loving to yourself and all of those things and you'll magically feel better. And there was just never any how to. And there was almost a sense of disappointment because I wasn't there yet. And I'm thinking, but I'm doing the work. I'm reading these things and I'm doing the work and I actually don't feel any better. What's happening? (laughs) It was a, a disconnect between what I was being told and what the outcome was. So, yes, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to say, hallelujah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've got the answer. Don't worry. We've got the answer. <laughs> we've got it. <laughs> the inner loving presences, they're really a set of practices to deeply connect with what we call their inner loving mana, inner mana, inner loving mother. <laughs> I'm going to start again. Inner loving mother. <laughs> inner loving father, inner best friend, inner beloved, and the loving money, and basically any inner loving presences that you want to connect with. And again, this is a process. So obviously, we've grown up in the disconnected domination culture, and most of us didn't hear these kinds of phrases, or if we did, not very often. Otherwise, we would have internalized them. So there's this natural process that children go through that many of us who are parents are wanting to speak to them, knowing that how we respond to them becomes their inner voice so what we're doing in this reparenting is gradually replacing what we internalized growing up in the ddc the guilt the self-judgment the shame with loving and compassionate phrases but obviously that takes a bit of time just as it does the first or would have done the first time around it often can take even a bit longer because we're replacing it's almost like we're going we'll get rid of these ones and we'll replace it with, with the old in with the new yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yes, I think I and I think in my experience, my personal journey, I've taken longer to be more comforted by certain presences longer than others. I think I connected with my loving father a lot quicker than my loving mother. 
and then they were coming together for a while and now I'm able to connect within a loving mother separately so it's everybody has an individual journey I think with when and how depending on your individual circumstances yes yeah so often developmentally the first time around it's often and again this is a generalization my mother first because we grow in her womb and it's so even if we're adopted there's still that's still the kind of the direction it happens mother first then father and again that we may not have a father around but this is the developmental process then we connect with friends so that's why then it's in a best friend and then as we become teenagers we connect generally with a loved so that's the, the inner inner beloved you think that I didn't know the names of these things don't you inner <laughs> beloved oh my gosh and then yeah but as you say often for each person it's not necessarily that, that same process and I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well that so often people will say but I, I can't do it or I'm doing it wrong or I should be doing it this way and again that's all disconnected domination culture or DDC conditioning because there isn't a right or a wrong way it's a really unique and personal journey and so often part of the process is we might hear things like from my unloving mother, you know, I love you exactly as you are. And we might have reactions to that. And that's actually really common. So you might have a, re- a, part, a younger part that says, well, no, you don't, or I don't believe you or whatever it is. And that is actually part of the process. So as the Stoic said, whatever is in the way, well, apparently in the way is the way. So it's really getting to express all those things getting to express the I don't believe you and our in loving mother saying I really hear that you don't believe me sweetheart and I'm right here and I'm listening and really again if you think about this is all um, an internal version of what can happen externally so just like if we're a parent and we're with our child and they've got some big feelings and we're offering them loving compassion and we might say oh I'm here I hear that you're upset and they might say no go away or leave me alone I hate you The same idea is that we're there to keep on listening lovingly and to say, I really hear you. I really hear that you hate me. I love you, sweetheart. I'm not going to go away and leave you. I'm going to be right here. So what I love about this is really it's the same process as what happens externally. And that's why it's so often for anyone who's a parent and particularly if you already are practicing where parenting and using that kind of language we've already got the heads. No, I don't even want to say head start. We already know the kinds of phrases that are enjoyable to say, and we've offered them to our child. And so often it isn't such a huge shift then to offer those, those same phrases to ourselves and actually start because we're familiar with them. And so that's always a beautiful process. I find I found for me, the journey was getting to say those to my children over and over again. So they became really second nature then doing the inner work and receiving those from my inner loving parents and realizing how yummy I felt when I received them and then it wanting to say those things even more. And so it just becomes this beautiful, like a infinity symbol where they each supports the other even more. I don't know whether that was your experience as well. Yeah, yeah I'm loving all of that. It's exactly, yeah, exactly. I, as you said, I just, I found it quite difficult to connect to the inner loving mother and I remember you saying to me, what would you say to your daughter in that moment? And I just went, oh, that's easy. I know what to say there. And it was even in the first few moments, because quite often if you don't know about aware parenting or you're not familiar with those terms or speaking in that way, even starting to say those things to your children can seem quite quite different and especially I remember saying them in front of others and other people would just be going like, who are you talking to? She's just a child. She doesn't understand things like that. 
And I'd be like, no, she does. And I'd be like, I'm right here and I'm listening. And it, the more that I said it, the easier it came. And then when I was introduced to the inner loving presence process and the love work with the Marian method, that was actually came to me after the will work. So it was something that was very new to me. And I found it very difficult in the beginning, not because I didn't have lovely dialogue growing up or anything like that, but it just wasn't hitting the spot that I needed it to hit or to access. I don't know if that hit, but didn't didn't reach my sweet spot in that way. So I wasn't getting any healing from it. I wasn't receiving that real unconditional love feeling that I wanted. And when I started Aware Parenting and I started saying those things out aloud and hear, even saying them out aloud and hearing them yourself speak them, almost helps to change you in the dialogue because you're like, oh, that's so lovely. And then you're watching your child release and they're so happy after and you're like, oh, that really worked and that really that sat really well for them. And then you've got this ability to do that for yourself. And as you said, I love that part where you might be in your younger part going, but I don't feel it. I don't believe you. I don't, you're not going to always be here for me and you're not really listening. And then you're in a loving mother is just, but I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. And you break through that barrier of, I remember it happening once where I was just like, but you're not here and you're not listening. And I, and she just kept, but I am here. I am here and I'm not going. And I just burst into tears. And I, I remember just feeling so relieved that was, it just kept coming and coming. And then after a while, you just learn to trust that it's always there, that energy that you can access at any time in the day or night. It's always there. And I remember this particular point was like a 2 a.m. something waking. And I just remember feeling so alone and so upset. And she just didn't leave me. And I just felt so held and supported in that moment. So even though I was resisting and resisting, it was just so healing. And from that point on, I was just so connected. And that was obviously the journey's been. So yeah, anybody that's starting this work, there, there is those kind of real milestones, isn't there, in the journey. And then it's just this pure, personalized, unconditional love that's accessible anytime, which is incredible. So mm, I love hearing that, Nick, and I'm remembering over the years, different people and their testimonials and saying things like, oh, you know, I will never feel alone again. I remember that was one of the first people who was like trialing it. And that was what they said. And I said, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly my experience. And it's so touching and wonderful, isn't it, to to get to experience that. And I do also want to say sometimes when we're in really, really big feelings, we may find it harder to access our inner loving presences. And that's, of course, in the Marian Method work, because we we always this doesn't and I really like to emphasize this this does not replace outer loving support and actually what it generally does is it it means that we're more willing to ask for that and particularly if the inner loving uh, presence support isn't enough we then generally then are willing to ask so no for me I didn't used to be willing but the more we experience it internally that's another part of the magic of this and again I've heard from so many people who've said this that perhaps they're having a an argument with their partner and they just go and have a little bit of quiet time connect with in with their inner beloved or the inner loving version of their partner and get to hear some of the things they would like to hear or get to receive some empathy and then they actually go back into that connection with their partner and everything changes and they actually do end up hearing that and people with their mothers are so often heard uh, experiences where people have just not received empathy from their from their mother and they've connected with it in loving mother and, and done that for you know quite some time 
and then their mum starts saying those things to them and that whole relationship shifts. It's really magic how that internal shift really often then gets outpictured externally. Mm, yeah, I so deeply resonate with all three of those points. I think the, the biggest thing for me was that I just would never feel alone again. I think a lot of people can resonate with that, even if you've got a million friends and a loving you know, partner and great parents, whatever, you know, brothers and sisters, whatever it is, there's just times in our life when we feel alone. It's as simple as that, where we think nobody understands us. I don't know how to move forward from this. And there's those points. And I really resonate with that because from this point on, when I connected, I know that I'm never really alone anyway. And so I think there is that deep comfort in this work where before you can go into these places and you can explore these hurts and these pains, but you were not supported in the ways that you are with the inner loving presences. And I think that's the real difference between the Marion Method work and every other self-help work out there is that firstly, it's so personalised and two, you really feel the difference. You really feel that holding and that support. And I love what you said about if you are really deep in those younger parts and I'm just thinking of a personal experience that I had maybe three or four months ago. I, it was that and I was so deep in it. I was calling and calling and in a loving mother was just not there. And I was just, I'm so alone. Where are you? Where are you? And I was crying and crying. And I remember speaking to you a couple of days after and, and you reminded me that it's those times when you can ask for outer loving presences and pick up the phone and call somebody. And, and it has helped me a lot as well, realize that it is okay to ask for outside help as well. I was almost always just, nope, I have to do this by myself and independent and I don't need help and those sorts of things. So it's by being held so deeply in with the inner loving mother and inner loving father, it, it allowed me, not allowed me, but I allowed myself to then ask for outer help when I really needed it. Yeah, I think it definitely is. It's, it's important to see the process that it goes through because then you are really supported in your physical life and in those moments when you need to have that deeper support, it's there as well. It's just, yeah, really profound, the shift that can happen. Yeah, it's so important. And again, I find it helpful to hold in mind that from this, in this work, the perspective is that when we're really identified with the younger part of us, we're, it's almost like our whole soul is, is identified within that. So we're really feeling that experience from the past as if it were happening now. So that's when we really then need to reach out for that outer support and then what happens I found I wonder if you have too is then the more I then was reaching out externally as well that was also feeding back into to, to the inner loving support as well so again it becomes this process of the more and more and more support basically mm-hmm. and really the understanding what I've experienced now many times is that um, not always but often even when I'm in a really deep place yes I might still reach out for support and at the times you know, like um, when I had lots of physical symptoms last year, there there was definitely times I would be reaching out and crying on the phone and reaching out to friends and receiving that support. And yet, you know, I was sick or I had symptoms for, for weeks. So there's, you know, I couldn't be on the phone to someone and I didn't have someone in present moment who was going to be able to listen to me 24 seven. So anytime I wasn't didn't have that outer support I could turn within and really have that support internally and I think you know that's so profound isn't it to have the 
sense of ah yes I've got that I've got that support and what I experience so often it's almost like um that's where I was going with this in terms of identifying is that it's almost like um so I'll be like connecting in with maybe a younger part and I'll be really connecting in it might be say if it's physical symptoms like oh my gosh it's really hurts it's really painful I'll be like really right in the, in, in the feelings and feeling that and then and then I'll it's almost like a step a millimeter to the to the other side and I then connect right in with my inner loving mother and she'd be saying yeah I really hear you sweetheart it really hurts doesn't it and I'm right here with you and I'm listening and I and I've got you and I'm here with you and then I'd you know move a millimeter over almost like in my consciousness and I'm like yeah really and I really oh it really hurts so much and you know that it, it's really all about that whole identity where we're identifying with and that's what I found really powerful to be able to still stay deeply in an experience or a younger part and all the sorry about all the noise uh, well there's lots of noise what is this all about when <laughs> yeah, there's lots of noise around these kinds of experiences to be with the noise to be with the feelings to be with the sensations and to be able to just kind of flip back and forth that's been really significant for me over the last few years to be able to actually do that which I wasn't able to do before and do it with a sense of safety too because it's almost yes. like a safety net that yes. you can go in there and you can come out of it and you can go in and you can come out of it so it's that almost balance of attention isn't it in a way parenting it's the ability to be able to get close and then when you're too close you've got support and then you come out you've got support so yeah it's such a profound um experience to be able to be there for yourself when you're not there for yourself <laughs> you know just like you're there when you're in your younger part and then you know you're in a loving mother's there so you don't have to be there you know supporting yourself so, oh you know I should just get over this or I should just you know shooting yourself and coercing yourself just to get better or you know stop complaining or whatever it is you're really feeling held and heard in those moments so it's yeah it's incredible it's really incredible yeah it really is and I think on that same theme as well with physical sensations it's always before this work I used to I used to do inner work around it but I would definitely try and kind of get away from the any physical discomfort you know if it was a flu and like aching and things like I'd listen and I go oh you know aching what am I aching for but now and I'm, I'm not, not willing to have very many uh, painful <laughs> physical sensations touch wood I'm not willing for that uh, but when I do and when I have what I really love is to be when I go in and I have my inner loving mother with me and I really can breathe into the sensations and she's there with me and she's you know she have my hand on that part of my body and she's just saying I really hear how painful this is and, and I'm listening and I'm here with you and actually that real that deep deep presence of the sensation actually means it's much more comfortable whereas I used to find whenever and I've tried it for small moments to go okay now I'm going to try and fight against that sensation I'm going to try and get away from it and it makes it three times more uncomfortable in my experience so yes, I found that really yeah I found that really helpful too yes yeah it's really powerful isn't it to mm. instead of resisting it's like and of course there'll be times I'm not saying and I, I, by the way I'm not suggesting anyone do anything in particular with physical sensations but in my experience actually being able to be with them has been transformative mm. Yeah. And I think that's so cultural as well, isn't it? As soon as something hurts, it's like, well, take it away quickly or take this Panadol or do this. Or, you know, there's always like somebody trying to like fix it rather than just sitting with it. 
you know. Um, and, yeah, if you add in the whole conversations with life and then you're thinking, you know, what does it mean and what am I trying, what is my body trying to tell me because our bodies are just so knowledgeable and just have this innate wisdom that, you know, that it becomes not, <laughs> it's not enjoyable, but it's definitely, you know, when you look at it from a different perspective like that, you're not just sort of wallowing in it and going, oh, this really hurts. And then like, you know, just getting really, really deep into it, you can almost disconnect that, yes, it's hurting and I've got you know, a loving mother here who's, you know, helping and comforting me and maybe there's something here for me to see as well. So there's just a complete different perspective on it. Yeah, it's made a huge difference to me. I never have had physical sensations like completely, like they become like rites of passage, I would say, rather than, oh, no, got sick. I mean, like, you know, it's not it's not enjoyable and I prefer not to and I prefer to do the inner work. And that's been a lot of my willingness this year is I'm really willing to do the inner work and to keep on doing what's required and what's being asked of me to, to listen to so that I don't need to get the symptoms and the physical sensations showing up. And I'm really willing for that. And I'm grateful in the past to have yeah, been able to really, my experience is with a physical sensation that, that there's pretty much always an energetic, um, not element to it, but when I really feel into something like an, like, you know, if it's flu and there's an aching to really feel into the aching, there is that usually that aching for something or for someone or for some experience. And you know, it really is so helpful to, to feel into it in that way. Yeah, definitely. And also just to not have it dismissed as well, just to really hear it and be with it and not, you know, have somebody go, you're all right. There's nothing wrong. You know, it'll be, it'll be gone soon just to really sit with it and, yeah, be comforted in your discomfort. <laughs> yeah, I think I've 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 really realized that, and just thinking as well with with um, Bella, you know, when she's got, she often says she has quite physical pain, and sometimes it is, and lots of times, you know, it's not. But she's actually feeling it very physically. But I have a sense that it is linked to something emotionally, and so if I if I just go, oh you know, that was, that's nothing, or I can't see anything there or whatever it is. It's just this beautiful invitation to her, for her to, and for me to be able to be there with her, um, whatever it is that she's touching. And again, like you said, the physical touch is so powerful because even if it's, there's nothing, you know, it might be her ankle. It's quite often her ankle or her knees lately. And, you know, she'll be like, but it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And she's crying. And, I, and I'm like, oh, okay. And she's, oh, I don't know. Maybe I had a fall or I said, okay, and I just put my hand on top of it and I go, wow, yeah, I can really see that that hurts and I can see how much pain you're in. And then she'll often just start, you know, crying and through the crying she'll start telling me about a story of something that's upset her. So, but it wasn't until I touched her foot and, you know, was very, you know, present with her feelings that that, that happened. Um, and I feel the same with me as well. If I, I quite often get physical symptoms when there's a lot, you know, happening around might be a stomach ache or something like that and having grown up being very disconnected from my body and now you know um in a place where I'm more connected than I've ever felt before like all the sensations and all the feelings and I'm very aware of what happens in my body um it's just such a different place and I love that by doing that with her she will just continuously stay connected with the feelings in her body as well and not sort of dismiss them as it's nothing. 
so beautiful isn't it to see that internalization process so again it's like for parents to be seeing this is this is the process that's happening for our children the way we speak to them becomes the inner voice and we get to we get to redo that and I know you well we've got some an exciting offering coming at some point in the future do you want to do a little like almost like a, I don't know if I like the word sneak peek but I don't have another one like a little a little open the it's window that- just briefly for people to have a little look at it would you do you yes um, are yeah. you willing I mean not feel yeah. willing are you willing <laughs> yeah yes yes I'm willing I've, I've well I've, it's been on my mind for the last sort of three or four days or three days since it sort of came about but um I've just been very surprised at how powerful this work is when we're sharing it with our children so you know I'm, I'm in a constant state of learning and seeing how this works in my own life and how I respond to certain phrases and in loving presences at different you know different situations and at the same time I'm watching um, how I respond physically to my daughter when she's in certain situations as well and so recently um, it it became just a big subject of well how can I really be there for her when I'm not physically there and it came up with you know we're going back to school soon um, so there's the separation at school. Um, she goes down to her father's place every two weeks, which is two hours from where we live. So that's quite a big separation as well. And a big theme is for me finding ways to stay connected to her when we're not together. And but there was just this missing part. There's this missing part that um, you know I can I can do all the connections and we can have all these you know technology and whatever we've got um, physical things to stay connected and she can be thinking about me. But how can I help her in that exact moment when somebody says something and it hurts her feelings or, you know, how can she help herself in the moment? I thought, of course, it's the the inner loving presence. (laughs) There we go. Okay. So how are we going to, how are we going to do this? How are we going to simplify it? And, and a situation came up the other day where she uh, experienced an unenjoyable um, response from somebody and and she said, oh, you know, I didn't like that. That hurt. And we just sort of came up with a way that, um, and I, I just explained to her that just because you heard it and if, it, if you didn't like it, you don't need to hold on to that thought. That quite often if you're hearing something that's unenjoyable, that's not actually about you. That's about the person who said it. And she sort of got that quite quickly. And then she said, but I still feel sad. And I said, okay, so I really hear that you feel sad and, you know, maybe we can, Uh, do something physical where and I touched her ear and I said so if you hear something that comes in that's unenjoyable and then I moved my hand to her forehead and I said what would what would I say if I was there in that moment so I didn't say what would in a loving mother say I just said what would I say if I was there with you in that moment and she said well you would tell me da 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 and I said well so if you create a version of me that's just in your head when you're there, you can access that version of me and just replace that thought with something that was more loving and more enjoyable. And then I touched her chest and I said, and then you can put that in your heart rather than putting the unenjoyable thought in your heart. And so it sort of went from this ear, head, heart sort of symbolism. And we played around with it for the last couple of days where I was saying an unenjoyable comment and she would touch her ear and then she would like, brush it and go nope 
And then she would say, and I said, okay, well, what would the reparative, I didn't say reparative, I think I said, what would the loving phrase be? And then she would throw out a few loving phrases and then she would go, and that's the one I'm keeping. And she would touch her, touch her heart. Um, and so I've seen this process kind of evolving and, yeah, I'm not really sure how it all looks and sounds, but it was really powerful. And since she's been away these last two days, she's used it a couple of times and she's told me about how comforting it was in the moment. And I just keep thinking this is the last puzzle piece because we can do all of these things, but ultimately I think all of us as parents, the thing that could break our heart more than anything else is that our child's suffering when we're not there to help. And that being, you know, the core issue for so many people when we have so many areas in our life where we have to be separated from them in a loving presences for children is really so important. And I can only imagine developing this as a gift to give them starting at nine or eight or two, whatever it is, just how their lives would look. I mean, you just cannot imagine how that could change somebody's life knowing this sort of work 40 years ago or 30 years ago and not having to do 30 years of inner work to fix all the, you know, or to, you know, uh, receive the love that you wanted back in a certain situation. So I'm, yeah, a long way to get there, but um, just it's just so powerful and I'm really excited for whatever it is that we're <laughs> going to create because I've already seen it just so powerful in the last two days especially and it's given me so much comfort. So I'm not on the other end in my world here being worrying about her because she's got this, like she's so got this and yeah, I just see it as just such a beautiful gift, such a gift. Mm, I so absolutely love what you two are doing. So, 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 so beautiful. Wow. I'm remembering a long time ago, when, actually when Lana was two, so she's 21 now, and we went to, uh, well, I went to a, a nine-day uh, non-violent communication intensive, and her dad came along and was looking after her, and I remember Marshall Rosenberg, who's the founder of NBC, he was saying, uh, he was talking a lot about school in one particular um, module or whatever you call it. And he was saying that he was really talking about that, like at children who go to school to really be supporting them to see that if an, the, a teacher is having a reaction or say something harsh or punitive to really for the, the child to see that that has nothing to do with them and to be curious about the, the needs and feelings of the teacher, not in a way that they're taking responsibility, but in a way that that really means that just, it's almost like, like you said, with the flicking off of the ear, like it's just connecting. No, yeah, they just know there's nothing to do with them. So it just doesn't go in, in the way that, that it so often does. And I think we have so much power as parents, exactly as you said to, not only, you know, like you said, um, you know, you didn't say in a loving mother because you are her in a loving mother. I mean, that's the whole <laughs> thing, isn't it? Like she's already internalizing all the language and has internalized all the language that you that you're speaking to her. But this is kind of making it a, like a, a really a practice for for her, isn't it? That it's not only her in a dialogue, but something she can tangibly call upon when you're not there, which is you know, it's, a, it's a bit different. It's just so wonderful, isn't it? And you just reminded me of something because I think um, quite often as children, because we were not ever in a situation where, like, let's say our, our parent was upset and yelling or something, almost never would you have a parent come and go, wow, I'm really sorry for that. That was, you know, really all about me. That was not about 
you know, and explain that. So you would just go along in life thinking I've done something wrong and my parents angry at me. And, and again, that happens with teachers and then it happens maybe when you're doing sport and your coach is yelling at you or, you know, whatever it is, it just happens throughout your entire life. And what I love about this work is every time I'm going through a process, I speak it out aloud. So when she's around, I, you know, whatever it is, if it's an inner loving presences and I'm you know, connecting within a loving mother, or if it's, um, you know, a willingness practice, or I'm asking life for clarity about something, I'm quite often just speaking it out aloud. And so she's so used to me explaining the things now that, you know, our neighbor was quite upset about something the other day. And um, he was, you know, <laughs> fussing about and yelling. And we got to the door and, you know, I said, oh, yeah, I really hear you. Yeah. Okay. You know, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And we got inside and Billy did this big, oh, well, he seemed really mad, didn't he? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, lucky it's not about us. <laughs> lucky it's not about us. And she goes, yeah, I wonder, wonder what. And she quite often connects, she'll say, you know, I wonder what his little boy was feeling, or I wonder what the little person, she, little person in him, or if it's in reference to certain people, she might say little boy or little girl. Um, She's done it with kids at school. So if kids at school have done something that was really unenjoyable with her, she'll come home and she'll tell me about, you know, they pushed my pencil case off the thing or they hid my jumper. But, you know, mummy, um, I, I know that's not about me. I, I know that, you know, um, her father yells at her at home. So she's probably feeling really powerless. And so there's just this knowledge in there because I'm constantly saying, well, that's because of this and that's because of this and really making it, tangible in those life circumstances and it's always like a, there's always a, a situation to teach it you know if she's I don't know whatever it is if if there's somebody saying something to her it's in that moment I'm there going well here's this this is not about you this is probably what's happening there and you know you don't need to take that in his and then offer a loving phrase or whatever it is so I love that me in my own process and just saying it out aloud becomes part of what she's just used to as if that's just the way life always is <laughs> so yeah she just doesn't have any of that weight doesn't carry that weight at all I love that you're doing that it's so powerful isn't it, it it's um, again I'm remembering back to when uh, Lana was little when she was nine months old when I first came across MBC and I was like similar thing is that like, great I'm learning I'm completely learning to talk to think in different ways and to speak in different ways while she's learning to think and speak so, so I was just constantly obviously talking to her all day long and practicing MBC and that's what she internalized and then spoke she literally spoke classical MBC so she'd be it was always a uh, always the funny story that we shared you probably heard me share before that her dad took her out from um, like a meal at the local pub and I think she was like four or something and I was no maybe she was five I was probably at home with Sunny and and uh someone came up to her and said oh you're 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 so beautiful and she said do you mean I meet your need for beauty <laughs> <laughs> they're so lovely anyway oh. but you know I developed these things when they were older the the all the Marian method work so you know they were it, it wasn't the same as they, they were not the same age that that Bella is now so I'm really loving seeing all that you're doing and I wish I'd I wish I'd been able to do it when they were younger <laughs> yeah well I'm I love it I absolutely love it I just I cannot get over it it's still just every single day when something new happens I'm just in shock thinking 
well, she won't carry that for the next 40 years or she won't need to heal from that in 10 years' time. It's just It just washes over and gone. And I just think it's it's the freedom. It's just the freedom. You just will never, the children raised with Marion Method and Aware Parenting, they will just never have this heavy, dense conditioning that keeps a lot of us from, you know, following our dreams or starting things that we wanted to start and really believing in ourselves in certain things. They're just going to have this, you know, beautiful gust of wind pushing them along because they just won't ever judge or doubt themselves or, you know, and if they do, we're there as loving out of presences to be able to go, yep, we're here, we got you, you know. So yeah, I just I just love it so much. So so much. I love that you love it and I love it too. And I love I love what you're doing, as you know. <laughs> and and I love how she corrects me too. She well not corrects me, but she'll, you know, if I say like, oh gosh, I really hope that something and she'll go, Mummy, uh-uh-uh, we don't hope. <laughs> Not just like, yes, okay, wait, what am I willing for? And then I'll do the whole outer, you know, what do you want? What am I willing for? And, you know, but I would have just gone like, oh, I really hope that da-da-da. And I can, I don't even realise that I'm in that that part. I, I really hope, oh, gosh, I'm hoping so badly. And she's like, no, nope, we don't hope. Like, for her, we don't hope. That's the phrase that she's got in her head, that hope doesn't exist. I mean, it's just, for her, non-existent. The word hope doesn't exist. We don't use it. It's almost like a swear word. We don't use it, you know, like it's, and it's just there. And it's so, she's so black and white when it happens. And then I think to myself, okay, that's just, it's never gone in and it'll never go in. And so she'll just be so sure. And then, and then she'll check in with her willingness and then she'll, you know, connect with that, which is, yeah, it just takes the whole fear and doubt out of so many things, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so powerful, isn't it? I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, feel free to keep talking. Of course, feel free. You do whatever you want, but I'd love you to talk more about it. And, and I also want to jump. To, I suddenly thought it might be helpful for people to hear. Also, not only do our in loving presences get to give us absolute unconditional love and welcome all our feelings and be there supporting us. And again, each each one or for each of us will usually have different flavors. So for me, my in loving mother is the unconditional love and in loving father is more kind of supportive and encouraging. Uh, in a best friend is more like for, for often uh, past experiences at school, often that's really helpful. And uh, but they're also really helpful for when things happen to us when we were children and nobody came in and said, no, I'm not willing for that to happen. So when we're going back that doing the in loving presence process, which is a particular process to go through to get in a time machine, to go back to the past where something painful happened, where we get to not only be heard, but also to receive reparative experiences with our in loving presences that so often in my experience, it's it's also them coming in and actually getting in between me and that person and saying, no, I am not willing for you to do that to Marion or Mazzy, depending on what age of me it is. <laughs> and again, something so incredibly powerful about that. So it's not only the yes of the unconditional love, but it's also the limits or, you know, we talk about the neo-no or the neo-yield. And so often our own in loving presences support us with that, not only in the past, but also in the present so they can offer loving limits which might mean if we're about to do something that we're going to regret or we're going to reach for our favorite control pattern that over time again the more we've done this externally with our children often the easier that becomes as well to say I, I have that is uh, you know I might have 
from my in loving mother i really hear sweetheart that you would like to go and get some chocolate and i'm <laughs> not wanting for you to get any and i'm right here and i'm listening and you know it's it's really powerful and again not always accessible sometimes we absolutely need other people i've actually also taught my mum who's 91 loving limits occasionally when i was i was when I was so stressed last year, I was eating things I didn't want to. And for me, that seems like crackers, you know, <laughs> organic crackers. So I was like, no, I don't want to eat them. So I'd say to her, Mom, if I come and if I come and get these crackers, could you just say you just literally taught her how to offer me a loving limit? It's really it's very fun. So yeah, again, the in loving presence is not always just about the love, it's also about the protection, the support, the encouragement. And yeah, again, I found that really so helpful. Yeah, definitely. And it and it's so much more enjoyable than telling yourself you shouldn't eat that, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't, you know, it's just so unenjoyable. And so my, my definitely one of my yeah, I really hear it's a big feeling if you don't need to eat that chocolate and you don't need to eat the tenth chocolate either. You don't, <laughs> it's okay. I'm just gonna sit with you while you've got these big feelings. And quite often that's enough just to hear that, that I'm just I'm just gonna sit with you. Let's just sit together. I think she says something like let's just sit together we'll just sit together you don't need to eat that chocolate you know I'm not willing for you to eat lots of chocolate and then you know feel bad after let's just sit together while you know while you're doing it um and and I really again just love that that as a gift to to the children as well because quite often I might be doing something and Bella will just come in and she'll carefully put her hand on top of mine and she'll look me right in the eye and she'll say mommy I can really see you're upset, but I'm not willing for you to whatever it is. And I just think, okay, <laughs> you know, like, and like you said, it's not her being responsible for me. It's just her being so aware that I'm in a certain space and I'm, you know, reaching for whatever it is that I'm, you know, can't seem to see myself. And because she's so used to it now that she can then step in and, and, and again, I just really, I don't see it as a, you know, she's, responsible for my feelings it's just that her awareness around like we speak about control patterns and we speak you know quite often mine is cleaning or busying myself in the house and she'll say you know you can just leave that you can just leave that and it's just like this I've got an inner loving Bella I'm sure you can just leave that you know I'm like okay like sometimes you just need somebody to tell you it's okay just it's all right you can just sit down and just be with them and nothing's going to happen. You're safe here. And it's just so lovely. It's so lovely. So lovely. And it stopped me eating so much chocolate. I used to go through, honestly, gosh, I don't think I've ever said this to anyone, let alone on a podcast, but I probably used to eat like two blocks of Cadbury a day. I would absolutely smack like a Cadbury snack. That was like my, oh, snack, you know, you get to the end and got like the pineapple that's my favorite and I would just eat the entire block like are those are the ones with all the different flavors in them yeah I yeah. remember when I came from England as a child and they didn't have those in England I was like oh my god these are amazing things <laughs> yes I know those <laughs> I was so happy because the other day my brother sent me because we both love the pineapple and we used to like fight over it in the house and he sent me a picture of Cabri has created an entire block of pineapple and we don't have to fight anymore <laughs> but yeah I used to go through two blocks of chocolate a day and looking back now, I realized I was just completely repressing. Like I had no idea. And yep, it's just brought so much of that out and aware. And I love it. Yeah. Well, I love that you said that. And I so resonate. I mean, mine isn't being Cadbury's for all, but I've, chocolate has been one of my core control patterns. And 
and I've often eaten very large amounts. I remember after a, um, the father of my children and I separated that year, uh, my very dear friend makes raw chocolates and that's actually her business. And so she would just give me as much as I wanted. And I, I think I literally lived on raw chocolate for about a year. <laughs> and I know other people would say, oh, if I have one, I can't sleep. And I'd be like, I've had around 20 today. <laughs> oh, oh, I had a, I've, I've moved, I've moved from Cadbury's to the peanut butter Reese's peanut butter cups. And I had a beautiful message from life yesterday. So I was in some some feelings about another situation and I had to do some online ordering because I had a few things to do yesterday and I've gone online and they were half price. They were $1 for two. So I just clicked the button like 10 times till it reached the limit of 10. And I'm thinking, great, you know, $10 worth of Reese's. And then after I'd pushed submit, I was like, oh, life, why? Why did I? I don't need those. I really don't need those. I don't know. Anyway, it turned up and they were out of stock. Oh, thank you, Life. I really didn't want to eat 20 peanut butter cups in five minutes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Life loves offering loving limits when we when we need it. I've experienced that too. And we're just like, yeah. For me, I find it I they need once they're in the house, I find it much harder. And also there's a period of like once I've received those loving limits. Um that it's up that and I think that's also probably to do with the sugar, even though the things like they might have whatever form of sweetener it takes about five days or so and then I stop craving them but if they're in the house I'll be eating them every day but if I can have them out of the house for a week or something then I'm I can stop <laughs> yeah definitely out of sight out of mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's also the I was gonna say confessional but we're not into guilt here so I don't know no. what, it, what the modern what the the non-DDC version of a confessional is the, uh, the loving compassionate uh, if you're listening and all your control you, patterns, whatever your control, yeah, all your control patterns, yeah. When we do a whole nother, well, I mean, that's more the aware parenting stuff, but it's also relevant to the MM work that all your feelings are welcome and whatever you need to do to suppress your feelings when you don't have enough inner or outer loving support are also welcome. Beautiful, amazing gift. Sometimes that is the phrase, isn't it? Like, I, I know you're eating those because you know. And that's, you know, because if I really want to eat them, I'm going to eat them. And I'm going to be like, I know that this is a control pattern and I'm yeah. going to eat them. Yeah. And then my inner loving mother is like, really here that you really want to eat them. <laughs> just going to sit by you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's almost like just, yeah. yeah. The love, being and loved whilst love, we do yeah. that. And which is that is so in itself, isn't it? Yeah. And actually yeah. paradoxically means where. The more, of course, we know this, the more we get loved and the more we receive that internally and externally, the, the more safety there is in our system to go, oh, maybe today I actually could exactly. see the loving limit rather than a, yes, sweetheart, just have as much as you want and I'm here with you. And of course you need to have these. But yeah, amazing. It, does, it definitely does d diminish the amount of times I've had to go and eat chocolate, just having the loving presence there and then the times when I really, not, I'm just going to eat it and still being loved like yep. not ashamed and not feeling guilty after like yes. I think the guilt oh, after eating yes huge yeah yeah that's made a huge difference isn't this so <laughs> interesting for me it used to be like uh learning and called crisps chips here in Australia and America yeah. that used to be on the way it's still a little bit of a tinge where I go to more <laughs> the you know the, the crackery crispy things or the chocolate they're my two things and mm. I would eat a whole packet and then I would then the sticks which we talked about last week 
the guilt and the shame, the self-judgment. And that's just so terrible, isn't it? I mean, I just remember going through this, like I was upset. I ate the things to try and stop myself feeling upset, which probably did work for that short period of time. But then I would hit myself with sticks and I'd feel upset again, probably even more than I had before. So it's just horrible. And I just do not ever do that to myself anymore. Like, yeah. Yes, you're, oh, sweetheart, you, you know, obviously just really I'm not, you know, feeling really stressed right now. And, of course, you need to eat those. And I'm here with you and I love you. It's just, it's when when I imagine like what you just said in that situation, you sort of like you, you've, you're feeling big feelings enough to eat it and then, you know, you're down and then you hit yourself with a stick and then you go further down and then it just sort of like spirals from there. Whereas with this process, it's just almost like this beautiful like balance of, you know, you, you can do anything and you don't go up and down into those like highs and lows and having to recover from those huge emotional mountains or, or emotional valleys, you know, it's just this, yeah, I'm aware, I'm aware, I see that's happening and, you know, I'm still feeling the love, still feeling love. And then you you go through it and over time it just, you don't go there anymore. You just don't go to those places. And I've reduced the amount of, since, since really embodying this work, I would say probably really, really embodying it sort of three to four years ago, maybe or two to yeah, about three to three and a half years ago, really just going, okay, this is, I really want to bring this into my life. You know, I can go to the shop now and I walk down the chocolate aisle and I might get one thing or sometimes I don't get anything. Whereas before, every time I was in the shopping centre, I would be getting $15, $20 worth of chocolate. You know, like I'm having a party for myself. It was just, and I had no idea what was happening. No idea at all. I just thought that was normal and I like chocolate and yeah, so just the beautiful awareness that comes with all of this work is, yeah, it's almost like you shine light on it and there's no, you know, judgment of it being bad. It's just there and that's okay and that's part of you and we're moving through it and we're changing and we're, yeah, it's just like a, it's just a different way to live. It's a more free way to live and a much lighter way to live, that's for sure. Yeah, it really is. I had a, a mentee several years ago who uh, she worked with putting the guilt sticks down and she shifted her in a dialogue, stopped hitting herself with guilt sticks and developed her inner loving presences. And she'd, her eating had been really a big control pattern for her and she said it just completely fell away once she once the, the guilt sticks weren't there, that the whole um you know like we were talking about what do you call it like the whole um not system but whole cycle almost isn't it that that just fell away when she when she no longer felt guilty because that was actually she was she was feeling guilty eating then feeling more guilty then eating and feeling more and she just it just completely stopped just through getting rid of the guilt just so powerful isn't it it does it even like not just energetically lighter I feel just lighter in every part of my body because I have more energy because I'm not getting stuck down in any of those places anymore and the second that I and I still pick up sticks I'm happily to be very honest I still pick up sticks and sometimes I hit myself with them but very quickly after you know it stopped you know, it doesn't ever get any further than that. Or I say to myself, oh, yeah, that's a stick, you know, like I'm, it's mm-hmm. more, you know, at, a, at an awareness. And sometimes I'm like, I can see myself hitting myself with a stick. I can see it and I do hit myself and I hit, 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 and I'm like, okay, that's enough. I'm not going to go anymore. <laughs> so depending on the situation, I'm still in that. Um, 
the process. I think I'm in step five ish getting. So yeah, it's all a process. Yeah. It's an amazing process. I mean, it's amazing to like, you know, I know we talked about, did we talk that about that last week? I can't remember now. You and I have talked. About I, don't think we, I don't think we went through the steps. I think we went yes. really specific, but yeah, mm. I mean, it's a huge thing to even become aware of the sticks, let alone to be at step five. I mean, I think it's incredible. So some of them are so subtle. Sometimes, sometimes I don't yes. even know yeah. it's a stick until somebody says to me, that's a stick. Yeah. You know, it's really quite, um, because the conditioning is so strong and yeah, I love I love that not only do we we become aware, but then with the Marion method, we're like, and here's how you get, you know, here's how you move through it. It's not like, okay, well, you're aware. Bye. Good luck. See you later. <laughs> it's like you're aware now. Okay, here's how we do it. And it's just a complete process. Complete process. Yes. Yeah. I always find that such a difference when people will be like, oh, I feel really guilty. And then and again, anyone I so welcome anyone's journey with guilt but I I also say once I learned what created guilt I was like well I don't want to keep hitting myself with a guilt stick I actually want to stop doing that to myself I don't so yeah Yeah. phew (laughs) personally I'm really grateful to not be doing that and again I want to say like you is that some of them there are probably some self-judgments that are very 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 subtle now but anything that's uh, obviously a judgment it'd be like no 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 not coming near me that stick (laughs) incredible so and I I love that you know people can see the evolution of it and I know you talk about it quite often that you just you don't do that anymore and people must just be like what you never do that like crazy oh you never feel like this you know well yeah no I do feel those things I just make a choice a conscious choice Mm -hmm. to not hit myself with those anymore yeah. And it's just as simple as that, isn't it? And nobody's ever told us that before. <laughs> nobody's ever said yeah, we have the power. It's a choice for you to feel guilty. It's a choice for you yeah. to, and, and it's hard, of course, but you you become strong enough to make that choice when you've got the safety and the strength from your inner loving presences or outer loving presences. So it's all combined. It's not just you wake up one day and you're strong enough to stop hitting yourself with sticks. Yeah. It's that you have that safety net to be there to find that strength within yourself to do that. Because yes. you do love yourself so much and the inner loving presences love you and your outer loving presences are there as well. And it's just this, you know, complete circle, you know, so you, you just choose not to go there anymore. Yeah, so I love how you explain that. And I'm thinking then love and will, like love and will, like, yep, more love there is, the more we're <laughs> un- unwilling, we can say no. And then there's like more love and then we can say no to the, the harsh sticks and then there's more love and it just, there's just, it just more and more and more happens in that way. Yes. I and we're that. so powerful. I think what I love hearing you say that is like, the the DDC disconnected domination culture does not want us to know that we can get free of guilt and shame and self-judgment because when we're doing that to ourselves we make very um we make I don't know what you were to use well the um the big corporations can sell us a lot of stuff because you know we've we've, we have this we've hitting ourselves with sticks and we're like oh if i buy something basically i buy this thing i might feel more comfortable in myself whereas the less and less and less of that we have the less we're going to be um tricked into buying stuff that we actually don't want or need and yes we still might of course listen to our yeses and and be called to buy certain things that we really really love but not out of like 
maybe I'll be loved more or maybe I'll feel a bit less uncomfortable in my body if I buy this. Trying to band-aid that pain. And I think it's like what you said a lot. I think a lot of people can resonate with the feeling bad, eat something, feeling bad, eat something. And then, you know, you open a magazine or you turn on the TV or whatever it is. And there's this woman who's been airbrushed to the nines and she's, you know, like, oh, if you just take this pill or if you just do this over here and you're like, well, I just feel like I've eaten five blocks of Cadbury, so I'm going to go and do that. Like it's so easy for mm-hmm. us to be infiltrated with that information and to completely not be acting from a place of willingness because we're so desperately wanting to feel that love for ourselves, and it just stops all of that in its tracks. You just become this, you know, it just repels off you that none of that matters anymore because you don't have a need to have that feel. So, yeah, imagine if tomorrow everybody had well you know whatever version of their own in the loving presence is like unconditional self-love basically and true power in in unwilling to pick up sticks uh just most of the lot of businesses would go out of of, um business wouldn't they but we can do it gradually so that everyone still gets to have a job or do what they want to do and but it gradually becomes more sustainable and more friendly and actually really useful helpful things for people rather than trying to sell people stuff to to um it would change change everything because everybody would be feeling so so love and then they would be creating things that they love to help and support other people because they want to give love because they're receiving so much love and so all the businesses all over the world would just be there to help people yes and people could be freely tell you anything yeah and people be freely buying because they love those things not because they're hitting themselves with sticks and someone was pretending to tell them that they're some this would somehow help (laughs) yes i love that yep just more joy, more love. There's the first domination question. <laughs> we're such um we are such love having beautiful uh ways of thinking what is possible. Mm. I really see it as possible. I see this huge change, and especially if we're passing this to the children to our children through these practices and processes that they can do on their own. It's not that we're just sort of, you know, airy fairy here. It's like when this happens, you can do this. And when this happens, you do this. It's so simple and easy that a child can understand it. And it's just the more children that get that embodiment of this work and knowing that their feelings can be heard and they don't need to repress and so there won't be any control patterns. And it's just this, it'll just change. It'll just change. It's it's happening. (laughs) It's happening already. It really is. Yes. And thank you for all that you're doing to support that process happening. Love what you're doing. And can you hear, I don't know if you can hear, there's loads of rainbow lorikeets. So they're they're at your place, aren't they? And little baby ones. We had two little feathers uh, this morning on the deck, little baby ones. And there's some little baby ones. And I saw the nest over there. They make a big noise, the baby ones, don't they? They do, don't they? (laughs) Something about that. They're so beautiful and bright coloured, you know, in terms of messages from life. And they're singing. They just love they love the nectar in the trees, don't they? And they just go, oh, I'm so happy because we got this <laughs> so happy. nectar. Which is so related to what you were just saying. It's like, yeah, people, people are getting the, the nectar from life and feeling yeah. so happy and joyful because they're getting their needs met, having what they really, really want. It's a new way of being. Get on board. <laughs> <laughs> so much more enjoyable. Come join so us. Much more enjoyable. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've so loved today. 
So mm. yummy. So, so yummy. Uh, so do you want to share with our listeners what, what, how they can find you and what you've got on offer? Um, so on Instagram, it's Peaceful Parenting, um, webs- uh, website peacefulparenting.com.au and the same on Facebook. Um, well, I'm working on a few things at the moment, but my my passion project for the time being is um, supporting children at school. So creating a course and I've got a couple of little complimentary books and templates and things to go with it. So I'm really excited to bring that. I think it's a good time of year to be doing that when everybody's heading back to school and there's a few anxious kids and anxious parents and yeah just looking at really tangible ways to be able to support them with the Marion method and aware parenting um, practices and processes really really tangible ways that you can help your child stay yeah happy uh, within the systems (laughs) yes so yeah that's about it at the moment I think loving that so I'm really excited to to bring that into form. Um, I love what you're doing. So excited. Did you, because uh, I just quickly went and <laughs> got the thing for Sunny. Did you talk about your one-on-ones as well? The, um, I didn't. No, uh, I, didn't I didn't think yes. you did. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear you say that. Did you, did I miss it somehow? <laughs> no, I'm just all in my, yeah. I'm loving, loving doing the one-on-ones. I've um, had a couple of beautiful mentees for the last six months and I love seeing people on their journey. So I really enjoy uh, the sessions and the journeys that I have with people with helping support them with the Marion method and, and aware parenting, um, things like that. So all the information's on the website. Mobile site's a little bit tricky at the moment, but just if you have a look at it on a desktop, it's all beautiful. But I'm willing for that to, to be fixed this week. <laughs> oh, those mobile sites can be tricky, can't they? Yay. Well, I so recommend working with you and I think what you're doing is so gorgeous and lovely. Yum. <laughs> you, because it wouldn't be possible without you, all of this life-changing, it's just absolutely life-changing, world-changing stuff. And I just love imagining all the people that are going to learn about it and get on board with it and be completely free, free from sticks and free from just, yeah, that awful heavy feeling. <laughs> just It's just, yeah, here's your way out. <laughs> I love that. Love that. I love that. Yeah. So if anyone wants to know more about the inner loving presences, I have a course called the Inner Loving Presence Process course. And I also do one-on-one mentoring to either month or year-long offerings. So you can find me at marionrose.net or Marion Rose on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, lovely. Oh, I love this. What a fun! That was fun as well. Talking about all the all the chocolate things. <laughs> I'm like, do I need chocolate? No, I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you everyone, so for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next. Well, we we won't be seeing you, but we look forward to getting to talk to you and and hearing your <laughs> responses back. <laughs> Lots of love. Thank you. Thank you.